Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Here go. For the Wabi Sabi pod, and I'm whispering right now because I'm on a train going from Brussels. No, I'm going from London to Brussels to Amsterdam. And my sister and I were recording for you last night, and then we realized this morning <laughs> Morgan on my team pointed out, oh, it's podcast number 36, not 37. My bad, Wabi Sabi. So enjoy while I'm traveling and visiting all of my publishers through Europe right now um, and working on Global Glow um, and the initiative for globalgirlsglow.org. And don't forget to write your five-star review as soon as you start listening to this pod. I read them all and I thank you so much and love you guys. Enjoy episode 36, Wabi Sabi. (laughs) See you guys. Everything is perfectly, perfectly imperfect. Hey guys, what's up? <clears throat> wow, did you hear that crack in my voice? Hey! <laughs> it's Candace, and guess who's joining me today? It's Jenny. Here we go, and welcome to the Wabi Sabi Podcast London London Edition. Wasabi Edition. The Wasabi Hotness Edition with the Cheapo Motorcycle Outside Edition. Okay, so today is podcast number 37. We've done very well. Um, You guys met Jenny on episode 31. So if you haven't listened to 31 yet, I highly recommend you listen to 31 right now. And then you come back to 37 so you can understand Jenny's background, where she came from, And yes, she is my real big sister. It's only the two of us. Um, And she runs her own cycling shop here in London. And she has for how many years? Seven years. Wow. Uh, Trying not to think about it. Fabulous. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Blocking it out of your memory. Sometimes being an entrepreneur is insane. And actually, most of the time it is. Um, So today, we wanted to talk about... How hard knock, tough, demanding, cringeworthy, punishing, tough, if I didn't say that already, painful, um, full of anger and sadness, disappointment. What am I missing? Well, I don't think you've left much. (laughs) There's just because there's all those awful things. It still doesn't mean I'll go back to a fucking office job. And have a desk and a boss and have to work nine to five. I mean, there's always pros and cons with that. But I won't go back. Yeah, but like you said in episode 31, you said red pill or blue pill. Yeah. And so... You can't go back. So is it? are you going to take the easy route where you have insurance and you have a paycheck every two weeks and you have benefits... Or are you going to take this route where you pave your own path, you do your own hours, you leave your own legacy? I should tell you that we're both drinking cider right now during this episode. British cider. <laughs> Organic British cider. funky. <laughs> I'm going to keep handing this mic back to you too because sometimes I'll want to have a sip. But 
yeah, this is tough. I flew into Paris for a, a amazing job and I had like eight hours to get in, get sleep and head to the office the next day or li- maybe even less than that. And jet lag is real. Yeah. And LA to, <laughs> to Paris is fab. And you can have, you know, a great time on the flight and always check out and see if there's hot men on your flight, which is my favorite thing to do. But um, when you land, you know, it's it's back to biz. And yeah, jet lag is real. So is, you know, going through like your feminine times. So is work colleagues not being the greatest to you. Um, I have so many clients I can't really count anymore because they're infinite and I care about all of them, but it doesn't work out with everyone. And then I also have a staff and a team that works with me and no, not everybody is nice to me. Even if we're nice to them, they can choose to take the trash out on you anytime. So Jenny and I want to bullet out maybe like 10 ways or so today where we can help you to get through these tough times like nobody ever gave us a guidebook mom there there isn't one no and and mom dad did not they were not business people no so what we have to go off of is like just trial and error like jenny said throwing spaghetti at the wall which was the title of episode 36 (laughs) did i say that yeah you were like (laughs) oh it's throwing spaghetti against the wall see what sticks yeah yeah constant okay i'm always throwing fucking spaghetti yeah i mean and we both have our own podcasts so you guys know i'll set the precedence for like what jenny and i do as global entrepreneurs which by the way we both think is fucking crazy and we never planned this so jenny started her own cycling shop here seven years ago in london in an area called hackney which is very cool and trendy and hipster and Jenny's so hipster, she doesn't know she's hipster. I'm, I'm post-hipster. <laughs> no, you're forever hipster. You look really young. <laughs> you look young. People are fucking shocked when they find out our ages, too. That's the fun part about being half Asian. Is, riding riding <clears throat> a bike, too. Fountain yeah. of youth. Yeah, and also just, like, taking better care of yourself. But, like, um, Jenny also writes books, and her book's been published in how many languages? three so far if you count english yeah and then we were both raised with the same parents in san diego and by no means like we had everything provided for us but when i say that we kind of lived a hard knock life it means like nothing was handed to us we both decided to go the entrepreneurial route i started working independent since i was 15 and i learned how to like invoice and hustle and go see different clients through modeling and fit modeling which is not something I planned to do but it was like really lucrative money and so I learned how to pave the payment pave the pave the pavement (laughs) fuck the cider already (laughs) you had two sips (laughs) well I don't drink that much anymore that's true so um then this year all this global work came from Paris to London and Amsterdam Um, I'm shooting, we got a deal memo from Tokyo yesterday. Jenny used to teach uh, Japanese language out in Tokyo. 
our family still lives out there. Um, we shoot and direct and produce work all over the world. And I think that the opportunities that are handed to women now are endless. But I also really want to point out to you guys that your calling and path are going to be much different than a man's. And so when you guys are listening to all these other business podcasts about men and how fucking fabulous their lives are... Don't forget that they got extra zeros and commas and shit thrown into their paychecks and they had it way easier. And women in the U.S. make 70 cents to every man's dollar still. So if you think about how much harder, smarter, faster, wider, deeper we've had to work, um, women are also a lot more humble about their success and they don't like to show it off. Jenny's nodding her head. It's true. And being Japanese and Polish, you don't talk about your success. You just keep going because it's never fucking good enough. That's like the immigrant background, isn't it? Though it's like Asian parent as well. Like you don't talk to your kids about how great they are doing, but you'll tell everybody else. And then also the immigrant parent, which is like you're going to do this whether you like it or not because that's why we moved to this fucking country. Hmm. Well, I mean, mom was like the inspiration for all of our creative, you know, like if we didn't see her making the cakes and the fruit roll-ups and doing the gardening and the painting and the museums and the exhibits and, yeah. and Ji-chan's art, like we wouldn't have both been creatives. And <clears throat> whether we like it or not like I don't even think we have a choice like I would never go back to a desk job I've only had a like a whatever you call it a retirement account desk job one time in my life and it was at HSN when I was a TV host there at 26 it was the only time I was ever on payroll and it was not for very long and I was like all it's right reliable yeah but that's the one thing it has going for it Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've heard, I've heard there's two, this is from another podcast called, um, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, and they talked about there's farmers and there's sailors and you're either a farm and you could be both, but you could be a farmer or a sailor at certain points in your life. And the sailor wants to go out and travel and explore and find new things. And the farmers want to set up a homestead and like create a space that, uh, regenerates and gives back and mm. and you will go through either of those phases in your life and some will never change as well and it was just a really interesting way of looking at how you live your life mm. I remember be I was a sailor for like 10 years I was like going out visiting other countries living in other countries I moved every single year Moving sucks, by the way. Mm. Uh, it's really good for Marie Kondoing down your shit, though. Mm. Uh, but now I'm a farmer. I've set, you know, set down roots, and I, I want to create something in the space that I'm in. Mm. And it's good to kind of reflect on where your mindset is and what you want to do if you're, if you want to travel or if you want to create something that requires a lot of time which means you need to take care of yourself and make sure you can nurture that thing whatever it is yeah and it could be a child it could be a business it could be 
We need like a. It could stand. be an app. It could be a. A child. <laughs> no, a, a plant. A cat. <laughs> it could be a garden, an actual garden. A dog. Learning how to play piano. I don't know. A nonprofit. A book. Um, no, I like to say that I think that we would rather leave a legacy than a pretty Instagram account. Because, like, I know that there are lots of people that follow real deal artists, even though we don't have humongo followings. And it, it hurts sometimes because it's like, I can't be on Instagram all day, every day, like, posting. Would you want to? No, I'd rather <laughs> hang myself. But, like, I I find it funny that there are people that truly admire and love our work and yet like we don't have a fraction of what the following that they have and that's the immeasurable form of success quote unquote now well according to advertisers and marketing gurus so I guess we could say one of the first things to do is like Jenny and I talked about comparison today and yesterday and how I came in things were not perfect like I'm going through legal shit I don't have it made when it comes to having a boyfriend I mean I wish I had that all figured out Jenny's a little bit older than me and recently fell in love and found more stability in love and with her home and total fluke by the way total fluke well I mean that's how it happens (laughs) you can't plan that part of it just happens you know yeah and we should talk about that, you know. It's dumb luck. A lot of this shit is dumb luck. Well, then, so one of the things that we should say is, is, like, if you want to be a hard not kid, you have to learn how to not compare, right? Because, like, this is something so many of us struggle with. And while I'm going through all the, the shifts and the changes this year, and I made a ton of promises to not be around or deal with anything and anyone that didn't make me feel, like, great. Like cleaned house. Yeah, sometimes you got to Marie Kondo your friends. <laughs> that was a lot of stuff. And it, it all happened at like the same time too, which is what I think made it really hard, you know, and being jet lagged and like going through changes and having to work all day, every day on 10 different time zones. I mean, Tokyo, Hawaii, New York, LA, Paris, London, Amsterdam, we're all on different time zones and like people expect me to be on conference calls, you know, until midnight, which happened the other night in Paris. And that was gnarly, you know, and I'm sitting in bed having meals by myself every night. I'm exhausted. Things are not what you think they are. And I think that Jenny and I both know that like comparison will always be first the thief of joy, but it's as a realist, Everyone compares whether we want to or not. Yeah, but the point is is that you catch yourself doing it and then you say, all right, I'm comparing. This is a meditation technique. Like you you observe it. You're like, oh, I'm comparing again. I'm going to not engage with that comparison. Mm. Like there's a really great uh, Max Ehrman poem, Desiderata. And, you know, it says a lot of really great things in it. And one of it is do not compare yourself with others because there will always be people greater and lesser than yourself. There's no fucking point in doing it. Absolutely none. It just makes you feel like shit. The best thing you can do is just be the best version of yourself. And even then, that's going to fucking change. Like, you... (laughs) You can't be so hard on yourself. It's really hard like to not treat yourself 
so harshly. Like you, it's so easy to say to, you have to take a step back and treat yourself like you would a friend. Well then, I mean, first and foremost, what's so funny is Desiderata was sent to me by dad. Did he send you that? Yeah, I think so. But I had the poem on my wall at uni. Isn't that weird? He probably didn't even know that you had it on his wall. I mean, this was like when, God, 30 years ago. When did I go to college? Like, (laughs) You're not that old. (laughs) That would mean you went to college when you were nine, Jenny. (laughs) Yes, I went to college. I was really smart. I got scouted out. Dad sent it to me because he said a friend had it like just like a year ago. And he's like, I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's really cheesy, but it's like useful, you know? Okay, so then if you ever have feelings of comparison that that come through you, and it's like we're all addicted to Instagram now, so it becomes... All right, well, you cut yourself (laughs) off, but you... I still use it for work. But I just post so hard. And then it's I leave. so hard. It's it's got me trapped in so many ways, and it's not what I want to be on, and it's not where I feel good, and that's been sort of an issue. And it's something that we can always talk about on this podcast too, since this is like the safe place for girls to go to educate themselves and to know that your path will not be like all the boys. And I, it's not to discount and say, you know, that other men's podcasts aren't useful, but if you knew how different my path was compared to all the tattooed up chefs and wannabe wellness people and all that, which by the way, there are not many wannabe wellness men. It's very odd, but there are plenty of tattooed up old washed up chefs that come to me now and they're like, so, um, can you teach me how to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving on, um, what was the quote that you said that you read in Desiderata? The one I just said. Yeah, but what was the line? It was, don't compare yourself, for there will always be people greater and lesser than yourself. Yeah, and maybe part of this journey that you guys should recognize too is like, it's so flawed and perfectly imperfect and so even if you see a pretty picture of me smiling in Paris tomorrow it doesn't mean that I didn't have like a pretty gnarly week and and shit was like not only is it hard and I have to be brave but I also have to be really kind and like Jenny said I thought about this today. So a lot of us are gluttons for punishment and criticism, like self-criticism. And I think the next thing we should check off is, is like to be a little bit easier on yourself because with Asian mom, Japanese mom would say you're never ever good enough and you're stupid and you're dumb. And beauty is pain. (laughs) Yeah. She did say that all the time. No pain is beauty. No, beauty is pain. I mean, she just would say that your looks didn't matter and that your brain is what counted, which is true. That's what she said. Mom said a lot of shit. Well, whatever she said, she also said that looks didn't matter and so your brain would get you a lot further than anybody else, which is good. I just, I hated academia. I always liked writing and creative shit. I hated math, I hated physics, I hated science, 
I mean, I didn't even really want to ever be in... That's why I said to Courtney the other day, my best friend from high school. My mom was like, did you even uh, take kind of like a world history when you were in school? And I was like, yeah, of course we did. But I had that class with Courtney. And mom like burst into laughter. Because that meant that Courtney and I just terrorized the teacher along with like six of our other best friends were in Mr. Rice's class and Courtney was dying of laughter too and she's like can you imagine if we applied ourselves?" we never really did because we just had fun but everybody turned out okay so that's the bottom line but maybe we can be a little easier on ourselves, like Jenny said to be like a bit of a friend which is so hard to do but it's such a good way of like taking a step back and going hang on if i need to give a friend advice on this what would i say and basically you give you know yourself pretty well like you, mm. you give yourself your advice and be like dude you're freaking out like just let it go man mm. my friend nikki told me to start reading the untethered soul I don't know. It's somewhere in a bag over here. Um, it's really good. It's like about catching your thoughts and that crazy voice in your head, which he refers to as your roommate who likes to narrate your life for you so that you feel a little bit more comfortable with your surroundings. It's really just a narration, like yeah. telling you like, hey, I like that car. I wish I had that car. Oh man, I don't make enough money to have that car. Fuck, I don't make enough money. How can I make more money? Why am I so, like, fucked up about finances? Why do I want this car? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> That's the, the bigger question. Fuck cars, by the way. Sorry. Well, Jenny and I both, like, <laughs> public transport, and Jenny obviously runs the bike kitchen in London, which, by the way, I was telling Jenny I saw a very cute boy who's American at the grocery store in London today, and he said he knew bike kitchen, which I don't know if he was lying or trying to be nice. Who knows? <laughs> well, he lives kind of by it, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's entirely possible. Okay, so That's you... That's good, my shit marketing is working. Yeah, no, it's I, all in-house. All uh, Jenny and I are like an octopus each. We do like 20,000 people's jobs in one. Um, okay, so like what's another way of advice where you think that people can get through like hard knock shit and want to really build out a brand or just to be a better version of themselves if they can um probably i mean one thing that happened recently was we finally hired a bookkeeper because i was trying like as the octopus one of my tentacles was in charge of finance and i fucking hate it like numbers terrify me i'm not good with them i don't understand tax systems and it's a, it's something that's used to control people. It's, it's kind of fucked up, but that's another podcast, you know. But um, so we finally got Miracle of Miracles, a bookkeeper who's also a mechanic, and it's awesome. And, and you mean a bike mechanic. Yeah, bike mechanic. Yeah. And it's taken such a load off of me that I'm not worried about that, and I'm able to be more creative and active in areas where I am good so part of it is my basically my uh, advice on this is f know what your weaknesses are mm. and find people that can support those weaknesses and sometimes you're gonna have to pay what would because mom say to you? I don't I don't know well, tell me something that mom has said to you about finances 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> we never talked about finance. We talked about that stuff. No. <laughs> like, never. Me and like you are, like, really shit at so doing bad. finance. We're so bad. Really bad with money. I just need money. an accent from you, from mom, since you're the only other person who can do it. I don't I remember one time I was making collages in my room, and mom, mom got... She, like, came upstairs to tell me something. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. And then she said, you pissed me off. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, like, she the, really the first that. time she ever cursed at me. You know what she's been saying lately, which I think is crazy? She goes, oh, sweet. Like, she had learned that word Lord, recently. Sweet. Yeah. It was like, wow, you've been exercising that a lot. Sweet. Like, I don't know, if a boy gave me a gift or something, she'd be like, oh, sweet. <laughs> so, well, I don't remember. I'm trying to think of all the bad times. Because, like, people think I'm such a great daughter now because I love mom and dad so much. But I'm like, well, that took a long time, you know, to get there. And that's the other cool thing about being the way we are is like I don't want to be a fake person I don't want my persona to be different than who I am as a person and it's been really difficult so yeah but we're multifaceted people like we're not two-dimensional objects so we're, we're gonna have like you'll have ups and downs and sideways and flip backwards and all these other like things that you like at the same time but are actually at odds with each other and right. like that's just being human right and I really appreciate you saying that because it's super hard when you're judging on Iron Chef I can't be like hey guys let's go fucking smoke J like before or after you know like people well, like you have to be professional well yeah and they'll be like excuse me or if I like said to Kathy Lee and Hoda, like, here we go, look at that cameraman, sensual. They'd be like, oh. Well, there's so many <laughs> hot cameramen all the time. I'm always like, Jesus, stay away from me. Um, I don't know why that happens. Crew guys. Uh, but yeah, you do have to be really professional. And that sucks sometimes because it's not really the environment that, as a creative, that you like to be in. But. It is true. Like, figure out how your multifaceted personality works for you and then also, like, note what your weaknesses are because I think about a lot of people that aren't practicing moral integrity and they pretend to be somebody that they're not for work and it makes me want to vomit because I'm like, excuse me, they just fucking turned the cameras off and you turned into a douche. Or maybe it was the other way around, like on camera. Like, you know what I mean? When they turn the camera off and they turn into a different person, I'm like, whoa. Well, some people have to do that as a coping mechanism. Like you know? drugs? No, like whoever you are mm. on camera is, you've got like a personality. No, it's but a it's an extreme. And like It's like an entertainment thing for some people. Like comedians are often not that person. That's just their comedic personality that they have created this character and they are really? now acting in it. Really? I would hope that they would all be the same in real life. No, I think comedians are really astute people who mm. know how to read an audience and what type of character would attract 
and what type of jokes to tell mm. and it's probably it's not necessarily who they are it is probably one part of who they are but they also like who they are on stage is not the person that they are in real life it's mm. just one part of them yeah well okay i guess it's just different because i've worked with a couple of not a not a lot, but there are some people that just worry me that like they're not. It would worry me if they weren't different. I'm like, wow, this is you've got one channel and that's it. Uh, I'm I'm more speaking about people that are just like not who they say they are and they don't practice what they preach. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. I, mean, that's I don't care across the board, but that I feel like everyone's guilty of that too. Hmm. Okay, so how about using comedians, like Jenny said earlier, she's like, you know what you should do to get through your tough times? Because stuff is never perfect on this side. Um, this has been the hardest year to manage. How we were into, and what, balance. February? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like in. Monday at 9.30 a.m. and you're like... So far, hardest year. Hardest part of the day. One um, month. Well, it's, we've never gotten this many deal memos in one year and also they're global now. So it's like, how do I stretch my time without stretching myself too thin and my team, you know, like I'm also trying to be a good boss. how to say no. Yeah, I know. But I'm also trying to be a good boss to like so many of the people on my team and that's tough, you know, like they don't know that we go home and work on spreadsheets, downloads, uploads, fucking protocol like for the next day. They don't know we're doing payroll. They don't know that we're sitting there like looking at the work that they turned in for the well, day. They, they treat it as a nine to five. Possibly. They're not entrepreneurs. Well, yeah, but if you're a freelancer and you actually give a shit about your job, like might I add, it's a really good idea if you're servicing somebody with your services to ask them what you can do to help. That is such a fucking simple phrase that you can say to the person that's hired you. Hi, Jenny. I'm your mechanic. What can I do to help today? Like, that's the greatest pleasure in life sometimes is just having a staff member genuinely ask what they can help you with. And so few people do that. Cecilia Smith on my team does that all the time. How can I help you? What do you need from me today? So easy. So easy. And then when you become a boss one day, after you've put in your time as a freelancer, you will know exactly what it feels like to be on the harder side, which is like not only playing the front-facing role of the brands, but also doing all the behind the scenes like I'm directing and producing now which is even harder and writing like shows instead of just being a fucking dumb tv host and I just I was like I have no desire in doing that that's like on the past cooking shows I've been on these stupid EPs would ask us to poach the egg whites only and we're like you can't do that <laughs> Yeah, they didn't know what they were talking about. What? That's so normal for TV. How can you only poach egg whites? But they didn't know what they were talking about, which is what I'm saying is why would I want to be on a show where somebody's trying to like treat me like a robot or a housewife or a, you know, a stand and stir 
be like this is not me I'd rather be creating directing writing producing and and writing about content that really matters and can change our generation and the next few generations to come so moving us along because we've got some questions from you guys today and Jenny and I just pounded the cider and her boyfriend is making delicious dinner your kind of man Ev he's a good cook He's probably good at other things too, but we will not get into that. <laughs> Ew, uh, gross. Okay, your words, not mine. I know. It's, well, when you said it like that, you I thought you were talking about other things. So sensual nights. So how about with mom? You know, we talked about how how did we get to where we are, and like, what is it about our upbringing that made us so entrepreneurial? And Jenny was like, well, it's a cocktail of everything that we grew up with. The travel, the museums, mom and dad being immigrants, watching them both work hard, watching them be classy and humble and not brag about anything. They didn't gossip. They didn't waste time really doing much other than being like really good people. So... When when our friends and our listeners like want to look back just to kind of reflect like how can we kind of share with them like like to look inside and at your past and your family's history to sort of help like we didn't I didn't understand why we were the way we were and then when I thought about being Japanese and Polish, it started to spark a whole new form of writing about wellness that other people didn't have. So maybe using your differences to your advantage. I've lost the train. All right. So let's just move on. I've had too much cider. Okay. I've I've fallen off the wagon. So what do you, what do you want to explain about the hard knock times that you've had as an entrepreneur? How would you give like your greatest form of advice to the young girls and boys that are listening? And I know we're not all young, but Asian don't raise in. (laughs) Yellow don't mellow. Asian don't raise. Um... My biggest feedback is do your research. I get a lot of people asking me, like, how did you get started? How do I do this? How do I do that? It's just like, there's so much information available on the internet. The internet internet is a gift and a curse. Like, use it to your advantage. If you want to start up a certain business, if you want to got an idea for a podcast, like, you want to write this book... Does it exist? That's your first port of call. Like, and if it doesn't exist, why? Is it because uh, it's a dumb idea and it shouldn't be approached, or someone just hasn't gotten it right? In which case, then you can start researching about your idea, and then like market research is your next step in terms of like. If you can put together a survey and ask people about your idea, do they like it? Would they pay for it? That sort of thing. If, if you're trying to start something that can make money. Um, but you just know, one time I tried to tell mom to say, I was like, hey, mom, you got to say, 
because I was listening to like an old Jay-Z song, which is so funny because it's the same album, I think. No, I think it might be a different album than the song from today. But I was like, hey, mom, cash money, hoes, cash money, hoes. Can you say it? And she'd be like, okay, cash money, ho, whatever. <laughs> and remember, I tried to tell her about Tyga. <laughs> we were playing Tyga Taste. And I was like, hey, mom. This is um, one of the Kardashians' like ex-boyfriends rapping, and she's like Tyga, and then she's like, "Okay, which one, Chloe?" Oh my god, <laughs> mom knows she their names. She asked. She asked oh, if it was Chloe, sad. and then later in the day, Jenny was like upstairs visiting for Christmas, and mom, I was like, "Hey, mom, who was that rap song by earlier again?" And remember what she said? No. She goes, "Tyga." and didn't we try to get her to say like little toonchi no you did (laughs) you just interrupted my rant you've had too much cider it was so good okay so jenny was saying something about money sorry i forgot now fuck cash when he hoes no that's that's not i'm not i don't stand by that by that either i'm just repeating an old jay-z song okay so sorry okay so jenny said to research know your shit make it happen then do market research and then something about a cash flow is what you were talking about next well yeah then like if you've got a good idea yeah find that cash cash money hose i applied for a grant so yeah we talked about that in episode 31 so jenny's quite smart she's smarter than me she Mm -hmm. went to berkeley she knows her shit um and it's crazy like how we both ended up really putting forth more effort than most people in our spaces but we didn't plan that so i want you all to know that neither of us knew what the fuck we were doing when we got into it like honestly yep no clue. Had and no idea. Like, we could have done anything we wanted if we just put the effort towards the research, the knowledge, the education. It is genuinely 1% inspiration, 99%, pers- 99% perspiration. Like, genuine. I come up with ideas on the reg. Like, daily I'm coming up with, like, yeah. weirdo fucking ideas that yeah. I'm like... I could make an app for this. Oh, I've got an idea for the really great yeah. product. And then yeah. it's just like, yeah, the amount of work it would take to get that started is like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is like, there are ideas people and there are creative people. And if any of you are shaking your head in here and nodding like you get it, you fucking get it. And the crazy thing is, like, I always say this, my friend Dana and I always say this. Friend, they get it. Or friend, they just don't get it. And like, there's an anthem to every person that I've ever been friends with that I know I can tell their real deal or successful within about one minute of meeting them. And it's a really interesting trait to have. And I'm so proud of you for getting through the seven years that you've been through. Yeah, try not to think about it. Because I'm like, shit, I've been doing this. great. It's a fucking slog. Like, it's not glamorous at all. Yeah, but nothing 
ever worth doing was easy. Yeah, I know. Like, it's so true. And if all you boys that are putting me through hell think that that's a good idea, it's not. So, (laughs) anyways, so moving on. um, There's some questions. Questions. And hopefully we gave you guys some answers already. But do take notes, please, and share these with a friend. And Jenny wants you to know that Cobra Kai is her new favorite show on YouTube. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty good. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. I really liked, um, what was it? Oh, wow. We have a lot of questions today. Okay, so Health by Helen asked, How do I get over thinking I'm not good enough to be taken seriously as with my own business? Like, so she thinks that, like, people may not think she's good enough if she started her own biz. Um, I think thinking that is normal. Hmm. Like, it's that imposter syndrome stuff. Mm. Like, who am I to be doing this? But then it's like, who else? And so you just have to, if you like doing what you're doing, then just fucking do it. Yeah, there's a quote by Marianne Williamson called Our Greatest Love, and I believe it was from her book A Return to Love, and Nelson Mandela read the section of that book during a speech, and many people thought it was his speech, but it was actually from Marianne Williamson's book, and it says, like, who am I to deserve X, Y, Z, and she actually says, who are you not you know, you are a child of God and you, when you shine, you indirectly allow others to shine with you. Mm. And so if you just let go of the fear and the hindrance of not being your best and being the light, like just let go. And also like make this year the year to like clear house and get rid of anybody who doesn't believe in what you're doing It was hard because mom and dad never believed in me when I went to culinary school. In fact, dad didn't really say much, but mom sure did. But you still went. Yeah, because I was like, fuck you, watch me. You know, I used her as a catalyst. Good, you channeled the anger in a productive way. I certainly did. And it worked out for the best. And I think that a lot of us American kids like have to do that with immigrant parents because they're going to want you to do like the doctor lawyer stuff not that there's anything wrong with it but if you have a bigger dream I think you should go for it okay so K-A K-A-E Ka-Ka-Serena asked how do I start getting retainer clients for freelancing services thank you and love you both for inspiring Retainer clients for what? Free oh freelancing. Um I think you have to balance between being affordable and being indisposable. Like if you create something that your client needs, that's when they say, I need you on a retainer. Hmm. Um, but you don't want to be massively exclusive. It's, it, that's a hard balance. I'm, I've never done work with people on a retainer. 
Um, that's not what I do, but... Well, publicists typically have this kind of format with their business. So most of my friends, like Alyssa, Janelle, Molly, like a lot of them have retainers with clients and it's a hustle. It's a grind. And if you are ready to work at it, I mean, I have some, some clients that are regulars and you, you do have to please them and you have to be really good at your job and you have to be in the top 1% of your clientele like list and you have to deliver on execution and not complain and make everyone happy. You have to make yourself indispensable, basically. <clears throat> yeah, like and, the and customer, good. The client has to say, I can't not work without this person. Yeah, I absolutely. I need to have them. Yeah, and, and create a, a need and a want and a desire for what you're doing. Um, create work that is original and that is so fucking good that they cannot afford to lose you. Like work at being the top 1% in your field and you'll know when you get there. It took me like 15 years to get there, but like I kind of figured it out like last year. Last year. That gives you guys a good idea. 15 years. All right. Um, Aiko Means Love asked, how do you organize your time to make sure that you're making movement on all of your projects? That's <laughs> like the worst question for Jenny, me. don't say that. I don't know how to... I'm really shit with time management. Like, I love working on projects that I'm excited about, and I hate working on shit that I'm not excited about. That, and so I... <sighs> automatically just work on the things I like. Well, that's why you start your own business, too. Is and then I have to force myself. But you have to do things that you don't like. Like, fuck, I have oh, to do payroll. Counting and payroll sucks a dick. Like... I hate that. You just... Unfortunately, I'm a worse. procrastinator, and so time is what forces me to do... Yeah. ...the things I don't want to do. I, I also, I guess if you're doing lots of different things that are fun, I break everything down into smaller actions. So right now I'm working on a bike show. Uh, Here we I go, the bike to... show. What would mom say about the bike show? I don't think mom would care. <laughs> um, but what would she say about it? So that's nice. That's a bike show. I don't know. Um, I break has everything mom ever down. ridden a bike before? No, mom has never ridden a bike before. <laughs> Can you imagine her with her Lee jeans on a bike? She should ride a little tandem bike with dad. Oh, so I she's on the back and dad on the front. I've been trying to convince them to do that. Uh, I think people would have a heart attack over that. I know you guys want them on the podcast really bad, but every time I've asked them, they at the same time look at me and they say... It's like pulling teeth. No. Like, no. But that's going to change. That is going to change. Alcohol and money, it will happen. But anyways, just break everything down into smaller steps. Like, I've kind of written down... You work backwards, right? You have this end goal... And then you're like, what do I have to do to get there? And then everything, because everything is dependent on other stuff. It's like that Gantt project chart stuff. Did you ever do that? No? Gantt, Gantt charts? Anyone? Um, 
everything is broken down into smaller steps and some are dependent on other mm. steps. And so you mm. have to do the first ones in order yeah. to then proceed with the next ones. And yeah, if you like things like spreadsheets, you can use a Gantt chart, but I fucking hate spreadsheets. So I just, you know, it's a Gantt chart in my head. Yeah. And just be aware of where you're putting your time management. Like every morning I wake up and I prioritize, like Damon John says, try to work on the emails that work best for you. Like, what is everybody going to do for my business first thing in the morning? Instead of answering other people's demands, try to work on what's important to your business first and just get them out of the way and kind of go from there. It's also like if you're writing a book, you start a table of contents and you outline that first and then you go from there and you see more like bullet points and framework at the beginning and then you just fill in the rest. And it, it will take time and it will take money and it will take perseverance and it will take patience and it will take humility. My God, will you fall on your face so many times? But Jenny and I would not be making profit and not a lot of profit, but enough to live. I don't make profit. Well, at all. she says that, but... <laughs> We it's made a true. loss last year. No, we made a loss. Well, I've taken a loss on my business also. But I mean, the point is, is everything that we make goes back into our business. And we pay everybody that works for us. And we respectably pay our taxes and all of our rent and bills on time. Okay, so next questions that are coming up. So another gal asks, Helen Jolie, how do you brand yourself if you can't afford to hire someone? Well, that's easy. I'll take that one real quick. So if you are your own brand, then you don't have to hire somebody to brand you because you living your life and lifestyle and your persona and the way that you want to brand yourself should come directly through you. Like I've never hired anybody to help me to brand myself because I just lived the life that of a Japanese Cali girl in New York who writes books, produces and develops content and loves, you know, food and wellness. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. So branding for personalities would be find who you are and what you love or what you're good at or what your thing is and go with that. If you can't afford to hire someone, if you want someone to help you with your branding, then I suggest you get so good at what you want to do that agencies and managers and maybe it's a publicist or it's a publisher or a media house or somebody who wants to write about you they find out that you are the best um you know fashion designer at your firm or they find out that you're the best negotiator in your legal firm or they find out that your bike shop is off the chain and you're helping the community then you get recognized and when you get recognition or you're so good at your job that people can't take their eyes off of you as Maya Angelou says that's when you'll get more from less if this makes sense when I was growing up in the industry because I was on Top Chef when I was 22 I was so poor after that show that I started writing for everyone for free so I was like, I'm going to write for health and shape and women's health and men's fitness and you name it. And then the book deals came and they came out of nowhere. They came as a side sort of 
to like a lucky side effect to being on a TV show, which basically only pays you episodically. And when you're done, you're done. You're not making any more money. So you have to figure out other ways to monetize your success when the iron's hot. So I wrote for everyone for free. And then I grew my resume because dad said, if you don't have a job, then you volunteer. And I started volunteering at the soup kitchen and the, the bread line. And I started building out my resume. And before you knew it, I had more experience than a lot of other girls my age in food. And that was the Jedi mind trick that I used. Then publicists would say, hey, Candace Kumai would be a great grand, brand, la, 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 brand ambassador for us. So then they would hire me to work for them. And then a side effect to that would be PR. So it was just full circle figuring out all the dots as you go. And you do not need anyone to tell you how to brand yourself or your work. You should be the number one person that understands your brand from the beginning of inception to like the infinite end. Can I just add that? Yeah, of um, course. You... One way of approaching this is treating yourself like a startup business and just get a book like one of those dummies, you know, how to... How to have it? No, one of the, like, it how to... why? <laughs> no. Um, like, the how to set up a business, dummies for dummies books, and but treat it... Oh, well, that's another one on the shelf right next to the other Yeah, shelf. like, use that to... Business plan for dummies. Business plans for dummies. Power of habit, starts with why. These are all good for people to understand. So if you treat yourself like a separate entity in terms of your brand, because it's going to be a separate part of you, you don't want to, like incorporate your entire life into it oh come on now but maybe it's happened already and you can't go back that's a choice it's so not a choice it's a choice it's not a choice you it's guys a choice. it's not a choice it's totally she a choice <laughs> she doesn't know it's really hard you've always got choices in life um <sighs> yeah but people like us because we're fucking real jenny people like us because we're real that's a choice. Well, I yeah, enjoy being real. Yeah, we're we're choosing to be real right now. We could be fake. Would never and can't do that even while drinking. Anyways, I would approach it as you're setting up a business, get a book, follow the di- directions it's saying like, you know, you got to figure out what your values are. Mm. Also, Check out your competition. Who do you like? Who you don't like? Why don't you like them? Why do you like them? Yeah, but you in know. doing that, do not compare yourself to people when you're I'm doing not saying that. compare yourself. I'm saying use it to make yourself realize, like, what's out there. Hmm. Sure. Sure. Brand marketing comparison. Jenny gave me a dirty look right now. Okay. I know that that's cooking. I know. I was just saying that. We're almost done. It's getting juicy, okay? What would mom say about that photo? Pull up your pants. Jenny. I was just showing her a photo of us when we were little. That's not what she would say. (laughs) Ay, 
Okay, so Emble Rock asked, do you save up to buy supplies or gear needed to start your biz, or did you charge it? I saved up at first. I charged everything. There you go. (laughs) I took out business loans from Navy Federal Credit Union. I used my own money. No, you got a grant. Yeah, then I got a grant. I use my own money too. Jenny wants this to be done. (laughs) Okay, let's read one last question. So, uh, authentically, Leslie always asks nice questions. So she said, what's the best and most challenging part of working abroad with your business? Um, I don't work abroad. You are abroad as an American in London. Or you can refer to some of your books that were published in other countries. I I live here. I work here. I've been here 10 years. Like, I don't consider myself working abroad. Um, Too cool. Too cool. I think you should take this question. Cobra Kai. Okay, so it's very hard. You have to work on multiple time zones. You have to work with multiple teams. It is management galore. Um, You have to understand different cultures. You have to be respectful of other cultures. You have to be very mindful. You have to learn to adjust to different time zones and not complain about being tired or being busy. Um, And I think that you have to respect and honor the space that you... Oh, Wednesday. Tuesday. (laughs) This is Tuesday, guys. <laughs> She's saying, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, sorry. So my book will be published in various countries, including like Turkey, Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, Poland, Brazil, Portugal. Um, this is exciting, but it's also a lot of fact-checking, cross-checking, being respectful of different languages and being a good person all around. So the hardest part is management and adjusting to different time zones and different cultures. But the most incredibly rewarding part is that what you're doing is being recognized globally. And this is happening for Jenny, but she just likes to think otherwise. And it's exciting and it's new And as female entrepreneurs, we have to support one another and stop supporting all the boys all the time. Because if you want to see change on this planet and if you want equal pay and you want to be treated with the same respect as the boys club, then you have to give your all back to the girls club. So please buy our books. Kintsugi Wellness is my latest How to Build a Bike is Jenny's latest. Support our small businesses. Jenny's website is... lbk.org.uk That stands for London Bike Kitchen. Uh, Yeah. And listen to the Wheel Suckers podcast if you like bikes. She has a podcast called Wheel Suckers. There's Wednesday. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, Tuesday. (laughs) Call her cat the wrong day of the week. Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday. 
Today's a good day. It's the day our podcast comes out. Okay, also, um, you can check out Cobra Kai, Jenny's new favorite show on YouTube. It's not a YouTube series, th- or it's a YouTube original series, but it's not like a cheesy show. It's very well executed. Um, and also, don't forget to write your cutest Instagram story. Um, I love seeing how creative you guys have gotten. I'll always repost them. And I'll always repost when you make my yum recipes. I love that. Try to find something new in Kintsugi Wellness that you love and share a quote or a recipe. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review and review our books. And please give us a five-star review. We're double-checking. I read every single review. I read them out loud to mom the other day. And she goes, wow, these are so great. Are you making them up? And I was like, no, they're real, dude. These are real. She's like, wow, this is so impressive, though. Wow. Can't believe it. Tuesday. Chunky mama. We love cats and dogs for the record, but there just happens to be a cat. a little bit more. Possibly. But I still love cute, cute dogs, and so do you. So does mom. Okay, so there you have it. That's podcast 37 for the week. It's a hard knock life, motherfuckers. Um, You know, if you have success, share it with others. If you have, if you're having a shitty week like I did, please share it with others. Ask your friends for advice. I mean, I cried after a workout class the other day here in London. I was so jet lagged and overworked and underprepared and you know, my life is so perfectly imperfect. And Jenny, any last words for our lovely listeners? Just carry on. Stuff up our lip. Slog away. That's all you can do. Yeah. And just be real. It's up and, and down. Everything's up and down. It's like Roll a roller coaster. Yeah. Or as they say in Japanese, gaman. Shogunai, it cannot be helped. As mom would say, oh yeah, you can tell them more about the Shogunai. It cannot be helped. Shogunai? Shogunai, look at this little chunky mama. (laughs) Okay. All right, that's it. We've hit an hour and we are deliriously hungry now. This is Jenny and Candace signing out for the Wabi Sabi Pod. Good night and have a sad one. Or good morning, wherever you are right now. It's nighttime here. From standing on the corners popping to driving some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, clinging the murder scene. You know me well.